0: This is True News. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's upcoming trip to Taiwan this month is becoming more dangerous by the day. Chinese President Xi Jinping had a phone conversation today with U.S. President Joe Biden. The Chinese Communist leader delivered a stark warning to Mr. Biden, Doc Burkhardt, and I, are here to provide you with day-to-day coverage of World War III. And we really are in World War III, aren't we? You've got to be totally asleep not to see what's happening, Doc. Um, so here's the story. This is what's out. This is a, we got the report from South China Morning Post Hong Kong. Uh, Xi warns Biden on Taiwan, urging clear-eyed approach versus playing with fire. So let's read uh, the first paragraphs from this uh, South China Morning Post article.
1: Yes, Chinese President Xi Jinping warned his U.S. counterpart Joe Biden that China remains staunchly committed to resisting interference by external forces in Taiwan as tensions soared between the two powers over a possible trip to the self-governed island by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Xi was quoted, those who play with fire will perish by it and that was quoted by the Chinese Embassy in Washington is telling Biden in a phone call that lasted two hours and 15 minutes, according to the White House, it is hoped that the U.S. will be clear-eyed about this. Of course, uh, the U.S. press and everything are taking a little bit different uh, view on it and everything and saying they had a great conversation and and all of this, but um, uh, the Chinese outlets are saying, this is what Xi said. Mm -hmm. You're playing
0: with fire, Joe. And you will perish. Yes. Um, I mean, this is a strong word. Perish means uh, you're eliminated. Right. You're burned up in the fire. You don't exist anymore. Ashes. Uh, And, I mean, there's only one way to interpret it, a nuclear strike on the United States of America. So we've put ourselves in a position here now, haven't we, that
1: neither one, neither the US nor China, can back down from this, can they? No.
0: Whoever blinks first loses. That's right. So um, on the U.S. side, either letting it go this far is a a major miscalculation or it was a deliberate strategy to force China to go to war in, in the next 30 days. I mean, I can't come up with another explanation for it. Could, could there, the strategy actually be, let's go to war with
1: China now, because if we wait five years, we won't be able to go to war with China?
0: I mean, would they, would they sacrifice Nancy Pelosi for that? Well, it seems like we're, we're rushing, the West is rushing to have a nuclear confrontation with China, Russia, and Iran, and North Korea at the same time. At the same time. No, oh, World yeah. War. Well, it's, it's, it's doomsday. What's left after this? You know, and I, you have to wonder, are, are the, uh, the New World Order boys, are they sacrificing Nancy Pelosi to the god of globalism? I mean, I, I mean, she's 80 years old. Have they told Nancy, Nancy, we need you to do this. You're going to die. You're, when you go there, they're going to kill you but your, your name's going to go down in history. You're going to be the, the person responsible that your death brought about World War III. Uh, sort of like an Archduke Ferdinand moment of World from War, War
1: I. World War I. Yes. So uh, if we survive World War III, let's say, would we have Pelosi Day or something like that? Yeah, that I don't know, promise? but I mean, it,
0: it is. I mean, she surely she knows the risk of going that there's a high likelihood she's going to be blown out of the sky. And I'm I'm, I'm serious about asking this question. Is this a deliberate decision? Does she know that she's sacrificing her life? She wants to do this, that she's been persuaded, you're the person who's going to carry out this mission. We need you to voluntarily give up your life and start World War III. Because she's, she's got to know this is going to happen to her. I mean, today, you, Xi Jinping did not say to Biden, well, you know, we'd really prefer you not do this. This could cause us to uh, send you a letter, a protest. Um, you know, we, we may um, put tariffs on some of your products or something. No, he he said... Military action. He talked about fire. Yes. And he said, you'll perish. You're gonna vanish. You're gonna disappear as a nation. That's what that meant. You, America, you're going to disappear as a nation. Why are we doing this? Doc, this has only been two weeks. Think about how just two weeks ago, we first said Nancy Pelosi was gonna go to Taiwan. Right. Look how fast this has ramped up to a confrontation between the United States and China where we're now talking about nuclear weapons in less than 2 weeks. Why? What's what's the agenda? What's the plan? Because it's either really stupid and Pelosi's stupid, Biden's stupid, they're all stupid and they don't realize what they're doing, or, the, or. W- the West and the United States believe they can, uh, they can, can win win a, a multi-front war. Yes. Yes. I, I'm leaning more toward that idea right well, now. That, Rick. That, I, these people aren't stupid. They're evil, but they're not stupid.
1: But, and they have to know that if they let China continue to uh, grow and develop militarily, they're going to have, an, a, you know, someone they can't beat
0: in less than five years. Yes, So, well the next one, uh, this is also South China Morning Post, uh, Taiwan visit by Nancy Pelosi risks sparking US PLA conflicts as army watchers. So a visit to Taiwan
1: by US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi may lead to an unprecedented risk of conflict between Beijing's People's Liberation Party, army, and American forces, Chinese defense analysts warn The military experts said Beijing, which has threatened to take resolute and forceful measures if Pelosi insists on going ahead with her Taiwan trip, would go all out to stop her landing on the island. Listen to that. They would go all out to stop her landing on the island, deploying diplomatic, economic, and even military means. And those are Chinese military uh, uh, analysts saying this. So the Chinese military will not turn a blind eye to it and will respond by taking... Strong measures to thwart any external interference and Taiwan independence, secessionist attempts attempts to resolutely defend national sovereignty and territorial integrity, Tan said. So it sounds to me, Rick, like they're taking this very seriously, but no one else is. No one else in the world seems to be taking this seriously, especially the
0: U.S. I mean. Unless they are taking it very seriously. And this is a calculated plan. Doc, I, I don't know any other, again, either Nancy Pelosi is just drunk and out of her mind to do this, or she Which has... Which isn't beyond possibility. Yeah, or she has been encouraged to do it and has been told, most likely you won't come home, but you will go down in the history books. You'll live on forever, Nancy. They'll be talking about you 300 years from now. I, I don't know, because she, she has to know this is going to end badly. And, and why are we doing this? What, what is the purpose? What, why is the West stoking the anger? Because we'll see the next uh, article. <laughs> I saw this really early this morning. I said, oh boy, um, all the demons are stirred up. Uh, so Kim Jong-un, uh, he came out today and says, hey, I got my nukes ready. I'm ready to fight. Yes, so what we'll got this? What we'll got him all worked up? He
1: sees an opportunity here soon. I mean, if there's something that is being getting ready to ramp up between China and the U.S., what a perfect opportunity for North Korea to make a move on. Or South did he
0: Korea. get a call from Beijing and said, "Get your nukes fired up. Get ready. The war's coming." Yes, I lean on that
1: one, Doc. So, well, North Korea is ready to mobilize its nuclear war deterrent. Its leader Kim Jong Un has claimed. Speaking at the uh, Korean War anniversary event yesterday, Mr. Kim added that the country was fully ready for any military confrontation with the U.S. State news agency KCNA reported. The comments come amid concern that North Korea could be preparing a seventh nuclear test. Now, in his speech to mark the event, Mr. Kim said nuclear threats from the U.S. required North Korea to achieve the urgent historical task of beefing up (coughs) its self-defense. The U.S. had misrepresented North Korea's regular military exercises as provocations, he added. Mr. Kim also appeared to address reports that South Korea is moving to revive a plan to counter the North Korean nuclear threat by mounting precautionary strikes in the event of an imminent attack. The so-called kill chain strategy, first elaborated a decade ago, calls for preemptive Not just strikes, but first strikes against Pyongyang's missiles and possibly its senior leadership. So now we even have South Korea considering a
0: first strike capability on North Korea. That's how far we've advanced. And assassination of Kim Jong-un. Right. So where did that come from? I mean, we got this all worked up. Why in the past week is South Korea saying, you know, we really should strike North Korea and kill Kim Jong-un? I mean, what what, what prompted them to do that this week? Well, you have to
1: consider this whole tension between the U.S. and China over the Pelosi visit. or Doc,
0: I am of the opinion the West moves in a calculated, coordinated manner with a schedule, a plan, that they know exactly what they're going to do on what day 10 years in advance. I don't doubt you one bit. I think we're living out the plan that war planners came up with a decade ago. Wrap your mind around that. Right. That they've already decided, hey, on this day, Nancy Pelosi will say she's going to Taiwan. And whether she goes or not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's right. But so I, I think we're living, you know, we're, we're reporting this news as though it's just happening. But I believe we're living in a Masonic matrix where these people have... They've planned out their agenda, their future, to force everybody else to react to their plan. Right. And that's what's happened in Ukraine, isn't it? It is.
1: So, well, uh, Yonhap News is reporting that the uh, North Korean leader is warning the South Korean, Korean government and military to be annihilated in the event of a preemptive strike bid. So, once again, we're talking about uh, the possibility of South Korea, conducting a preemptive strike, of course, backed by US forces. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un warned that South Korea's Yong-suk-yo government and its military gangsters will face annihilation should it make any dangerous attempt like a preemptive strike, according to Pyongyang State Media Thursday. Kim issued the strongly worded direct warning against the South's conservative administration coupled with biting criticism of the US in his speech previous day, marking the 69th anniversary of the armistice that halted the uh, 50-53 Korean War. Pyongyang calls the anniversary Victory Day and commemorates it in a celebratory mood. Kim mentioned South Korea's president by name three times in the address, but not by title, and that was interesting, and branded its military as gangsters, citing its stated strategy to counter the North's nuclear and missile threats through the reinforcement of the so-called three-pillar system. Including the kill chain preemptive strike capabilities such a dangerous attempt would be punished immediately by powerful forces and the Yoon seok administration and his military would be wiped out he said Appearing in public for the first time in 19 days along with his wife Ri Sol Ju, for the Pyongyang ceremony um, So Sadaka so, uh, South Korea has a new president, right? I don't know much about him uh, conservative president, so they're leaning in this administration very much to the
0: right. So are they very pro-military? So, so, so they have dusted off the old war plans, right? So and so now Kim Jong Un is he's spooked because for some reason he he's got the impression that this new president is coming to get him. Right. A previous administration had been focused
1: a lot on reunification and mm-hmm. building those bridges and everything, and that's why you didn't. You hear direct confrontation to the U.S., but not so much direct toward South mm-hmm. Korea. Now, uh, much more conservative president is in, uh, very hawkish, uh, more hawkish, I guess, in most. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koreans kind of lean somewhere in the center on, on the hawk scale, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's interesting to see how this is now developing here in this confrontation because once it breaks out it, with, with Taiwan, you gotta know North Korea is gonna go in. They may not do a direct attack on U.S., but when you're attacking South Korea, you're ta- you're attacking U.S. forces. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reality of it, um, because you got the U.S. forces stationed there and everything. And so, uh, it's it's going to be all like you mentioned yesterday. It's going to be a bar fight by the time and, and, and it's all don't, done.
0: And don't rule out Israel and Lebanon mm-hmm. and Iran. Right. You got a Hezbollah in in Lebanon that's that's talking about taking out the Israeli uh, gas rig. And uh, I mean, this, this fight could be horrendous. That In each part of the world, you have multiple nations right. fighting each other, possibly some of them with nukes. Um, and yet everybody's just chilled out and relaxed and nobody seems to be paying attention to any of this, Doc. It's interesting. uh, i got another quote here that uh, uh, is
1: number 13 for control. Referring to Yoon simply by name without the official title of president, Kim said Pyongyang clearly remembers all of his absurd remarks during the campaign for president and uh, is also keeping track of the recent absurdities of the South Korean military gangsters. He added the North will not tolerate their behavior anymore and warned that they will pay the price if it goes on. Uh, it's interesting that they uh, that they didn't uh, refer that uh, Mr. Kim didn't refer to Yoon as the president. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's putting the blame specifically. If, if there's any conflict, it's not on the nation but on this individual. Mm-hmm. And he, it's an honor thing in mm-hmm. Korea. Okay. And so, uh, and so, he's so he's, dishonoring yes. him by not.
0: Referred to this, his this, title. Right.
1: This is going to be your fault that uh, destruction comes to South Korea. This isn't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the uh, the voice of all of South Korea. Mm-hmm. So it was a
0: a way to kind of diss him a little bit and dishonor him. And so well, it was purposeful. While, purposal, we're, while so. we're on this theme of nuclear war, and I, hey folks, we're just showing you all the stuff that is. this is for one day. It's not like I saved up a week's worth. How about a year's worth <laughs> of nuclear war articles and brought them all out today? These Just it's today. all today. All right, the next one is from The Guardian in London. Risk of nuclear war from cutting off China and Russia, says security are Right, so the West risks the
1: initiation of nuclear conflict with China or Russia because of a breakdown of communication with the two countries. The U.K.'s National Security Advisor has warned. Uh, Sir Stephen Lovegrove said that the erosion of backdoor channels had resulted in an increased chance of an accidental escalation into war. In a speech in Washington at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, he said he believed the deterioration of communication with China and Russia had created a higher risk of rapid escalation to strategic conflict. And so basically what he's saying is the way a lot of things are evened out in the whole world is through uh, back channel communications, you know, mm-hmm. backdoor diplomacy that goes on, um, and obviously he knows something that a lot of other people don't. That some of these back channel communications have broken down, yes, and so that's increasing the risk of not just war, but nuclear war. Mm-hmm. In other words, one stupid move by somebody, and we
0: could be seeing missiles flying back and forth. And, and again, this is the national security adviser for Great Britain, right? And so. The people in London today, the people in Great Britain, what they read in their morning newspapers today on the front page was, "There's a risk of nuclear war very soon." Right. But you don't see it in America, do you? No, not at all. It just doesn't appear. No, we're we're having show trials in
1: D.C. and uh, preoccupied with everything else. But, so.
0: Well, the next one is from. Uh, I found this at Newsmax. Uh, Putin might be saving aerial firepower for attack on NATO. And, uh, Doc, this this Newsmax article is somewhat in line with what you and I have been saying right. f- for some time. Uh, I, although Newsmax is spinning it that uh, Putin's, you know, dastardly Putin has been planning all along to attack NATO, which is not not the case. But I think you and I have the opinion that Putin definitely has held back his firepower. Right. Not because he wants to invade NATO, but because he believes NATO is going to invade Russia. Right. And he knows that big war is coming, and so he is saving his bullets for the big war. Right. let's take a look at this Newsmax article. And Newsmax is getting its information from NATO.
1: Uh, NATO released a report Wednesday suggesting that Russian President Vladimir Putin might be saving his aerial firepower amid the war in Ukraine for a potential attack on NATO nations. Uh, that's their opinion, of course. Uh, the NATO Defense College's brief, Russia's military after Ukraine, down but not out, outlines Russia's resources amid losses and its current special military operation in Ukraine. It goes on to say, Russia has not utilized its full military potential in the attack against Ukraine, the analysis read. It did not order general mobilization. maintain the ability to engage, if needed, in operations against NATO may explain some of the characteristics and surprises of the Russian war against Ukraine. For example, the limited use of air power, uh, gradual development of older and less precise weapon systems, or what appear to be subdued attacks in cyberspace. Now, the official Russian narrative is almost always defensive but the essence of Moscow's approach is to change the status quo. In this context, an attack against a NATO country remains a possibility. Of course, once again, Newsmax is getting their information mm-hmm. from, uh, uh, from NATO itself on that
0: particular article. Well, Doc, uh, with all this uh, war taking place, wars and rumors of wars, how are the people in these countries Behaving. Well, how about in Ukraine itself, Rick? Uh, Certainly, everybody's got to be in a bunker, right? Right. I mean, they've got to be, you know, worrying
1: about bombs dropping on the heads all the time and everything.
0: I mean, right? Isn't that it? Well, I mean, when I think about Ukraine, I think if I were there, you think about uh, Berlin or London in World War II, the air raid sirens, the bombs falling, the destruction. Right. Um, but that's not what it is. Wall Street Journal says there's parties. Yes.
1: Uh, bracing for long conflict, Kiev returns to near normality with theaters and dance parties. Uh, so residents of Ukraine's capital strive to resume lives put on hold by the Russian invasion. Not uh, hiding out anywhere there, Rick. and Not uh, not in a bunker, not behind sandbags or anything like that at
0: all. Who, who is going to the bars and nightclubs and dance parties when the country is in war and there are foreign troops inside your country bombing cities. Unless you don't believe there's a threat. What does that mean? Well, that means that maybe the people in, in
1: Ukraine don't see a threat against them at this point. I, they don't see a war? The war is somewhere else. The war is over uh, in you know in the uh, east. It, it's not affecting them.
0: So that would be like... Uh, if there were enemy troops in New York and new, new, in new England, we'd still be having fun in here and Florida. Say, oh, that's that's happening up there in New England. And could you believe that would be happening here in America? Yeah, I think the way so, people think right now, yeah, they
1: probably would. But you see, this attitude of you know of well, well, it's life just goes on, isn't limited to just the party and everything. Religious festivals are still going on in uh, Ukraine, too. This is an article from Herats. Uh Despite Ukrainian and Israeli warnings, Uman expects thousands of pilgrims on Jewish New Year. Uh, so in Ukraine, there's a city called Uman. Uh, it's got a, a large Jewish population, and for years and years now, they've had a, uh, you know, a Jewish New Year celebration there that has brought pilgrims from all over Europe for this special event. uh, So they're still coming. They expect big crowds this year. Now in Ukraine, where they're dropping bombs and uh, killing people, supposedly, right? So you can
0: still fly into Ukraine? I guess so. You know, people are still going. People still traveling. Commercial airliners are flying into a country that's in war. I don't understand it, Rick. I don't get it. What's the insurance policies on those (laughs) carriers? I mean, don't you think the insurance companies would be talking to the airlines saying, hey, this is pretty risky? Uh, It's just bizarre that this kind of activity is going on inside a country that's in the biggest war on the planet right now. Right. With a superpower. Russia's a superpower.
1: And so, uh, and still Russia is not taken out the airports, hasn't taken out the rail lines, hasn't hit, you know, uh,
0: you know uh, train lines, anything like that. Which is making the people in Kiev think, eh, nothing's gonna happen here, in fact, we're the, okay. The only ones shooting at power plants
1: are, are the, the Ukrainians. Ukrainians
0: yeah. So what about Taiwan? Are the people in Taiwan uh, shaking in their boots? or afraid uh, PLA is coming in? No, they're uh, just like in Ukraine, just like in the U.S. Uh, this is from Fox
1: News here. Taiwan residents say China's threats against Nancy Pelosi's uh, visit are just hot air. Uh, so uh, Republicans are urging Pelosi to go through with the trip. Tom Cotton today came out and said, uh, Boy, if uh, Nancy would invite me, I'd go with her.
0: Well,
1: I let them all go. <laughs> it's so, just charter plane. But uh, the attitude in Taiwan is like, hey, you know, we've heard these threats for decades now. Taiwan's residents are largely undisturbed by China's recent threats of military action should House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visit the island. Uh, news of uh, Pelosi's potential trip to Taiwan leaked last week. She would be the highest-level U.S. official to visit the island since Newt Gingrich in 97. China has warned the U.S. that it will react with firm and resolute measures if Pelosi goes through with the trip, but the country has made a habit of such threats for similar visits in the past. Uh, now, we had a quote here. To the Taiwanese people, Chinese threats have never stopped in the past decades. It's happening every day. Uh, Taiwanese lawmaker Wang Ting Yu told Reuters on Thursday, Taiwan needs to be on guard, but Taiwan will not cave in to fear, he added. Well, I think this is a different situation than before. It's different. This isn't saber-rattling because we've never heard direct threats at the level uh, that no. we heard today between Xi Jinping and Joe Biden.
0: Never. When you say, hey, you're playing with fire and, and you're going to perish. And you're going to perish. Now, this a—that's. As direct of a threat that you can deliver one nuclear power to another nuclear power. Right. Um, Well, back in June, I predicted that uh, Germany would be experiencing the rationing of natural gas, LNG, by July, by the end of July. Right. So let's take a look at some German life and see what's happening. All right. So this is today.
1: All right. This article today cold showers as German city of Hanover reacts to Russian gas crisis. Uh, Hanover now is the first major city to turn off the hot water after Russia dramatically reduced Germany's gas supply. We're not talking October or November. We're talking...
0: July. July and August now. So we, we had it right, Doc. Yes. That there would be gas rationing in Germany by the end of of July, it is now started and uh, this is only going to uh, worsen going into into the fall months. By by October, we're telling you, it's going to be a state of emergency across the entire European continent. So with Hanover being the first city, you'll see others, but there is a soft
1: uh, media campaign going on right now to get people to start reducing their water usage and energy usage. (laughs) This is the first time I've seen this. Right, so this is an actual campaign that's going on in Germany where citizens are being encouraged, only wash certain parts of your body. Don't wash your whole body, just go in, wash your armpits, vital areas, your feet, uh, wherever you need to be washed. But don't take a shower, especially don't take a hot shower. Uh, They're not only trying to conserve energy, energy, now they're talking about water too. And so this is a major campaign that's going on uh, in Germany right now that they're rolling out. And so uh, all for Ukraine, Rick. And so can Did, you imagine those kind of rules here? It's, it's if, the, if the state of Florida was putting out a public service campaign, radio, TV, Internet mm-hmm. and everything
0: saying, only wash your armpits. Okay. Get, well, listen, don't rule it out, Doc. You, you're right. It could very well happen. Don't rule it out. Life is going to change this fall. I'm telling you, life is going to change this fall. Unless this war is resolved in the next two months, life is going to change this fall. And speaking of fall and winter, there are already cities in Europe that are starting to think
1: that far out as far as energy usage. Uh, This is an article from RT. So the mayor of Warsaw today announced that they're considering cutting down on Christmas lights. now, they, Poland hasn't had a direct threat of energy cuts yet, but they want to start planning on cutting back Christmas lights or even shutting them down completely uh, in, in order to demonstrate their, uh, uh, that they need to save energy. So the Warsaw City Administration is mulling the idea of limiting the uh, number of decorative lights as cre- Christmas or even turning them off completely. To encourage Poles to save energy, local media reported on Wednesday, citing the uh, mayor, Rafael Traskowski, Tra- uh, he said we want to symbolically show the people of Warsaw that energy needs to be saved, uh, adding that this would not solve the energy crunch, but it would demonstrate that Poland is serious about saving energy. And so so he, now, let shut
0: down Christmas. We chose Christmas, and we're not going to talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. Right. They so, found they found a way to cancel Christmas and it could very well have happen here couldn't it could All you right. see
1: President Biden coming out and announcement in October or November saying to people hey Christmas lockdown hey why not it, what would happen maybe it would even be maybe not necessarily a crime but you would be under pressure
0: if you put up Christmas lights that you're not being patriotic I, I could see it going that way I, I could see it uh, I told you, that, you know, I had kind of just out of the blue. I'm just driving over here one morning, and I had this thought: um, I should have an electrician come here in the summer and uh, uh, give me a quote on how to get Christmas lights throughout the property. We have the church here has 10 acres and it's like right. we're, huge front yard yeah. out here. so it's like it, we're in a great location and. We've, we've never decorated the church at Christmas time. And for some reason, driving in the other day, I had this thought, you should do it now and, and and obtain the lights. And I wasn't even thinking about this talk. But the moment you showed that to me this morning, this afternoon, that's the first thing that came to mind. They're going to ban Christmas this year. And, and do it by banning the lights. They're going to have Christmas lockdown. They're going to lock down Christmas this year. And you will be unpatriotic. You'll be like refusing to wear a mask right If you have christmas lights on you are unpatriotic or church staying open you're pro-russia yeah you're pro-russia you're for putin you got christmas lights on you're for putin i'll I'll put all the lights up i can if that's going to be the attitude here i you know i remember when nixon uh back during the days of richard nixon we had he told everyone turn off the christmas lights wow yeah Uh, How old were you during that time? I would have been uh, with Nixon about uh, seven or eight. Oh, okay. Wow, yeah. I
1: did watch the Watergate hearings on (laughs) TV every day because it was on instead of Gilligan's Island.
0: Yeah, so uh, there was an energy crisis, uh, we were told, and um, everything went dark. Okay, shopping malls, everything. You know, they they turned down the lights everywhere. They turned off the Christmas lights. Everything parking lots were dimmed it was a dreary time so hey guess who is in the running to become the next Secretary General of NATO because Jens Stoltenberg has he's got another gig waiting on him yes Uh, governor of the Bank of Norway so they've been they've been holding that job for him all year but it's coming to an end yes and so they needed him to keep this war going, so um, the bankers uh, said, well, hey, you're on the payroll, doesn't matter which job, you're, you're still working for us. It's a lateral transfer. Yeah, so. so guess whose name is being touted this week as the possible replacement for Jens Stoltenberg? None other than Bojo. Boris
1: Johnson. Uh, so Boris Johnson has been uh, tapped, uh, tipped to become next NATO Secretary General. By the UK's Conservative Party. Senior Conservative Party members are vouching for the outgoing British Prime Minister Boris Johnson to become the next Secretary General of NATO. Now, Johnson is being endorsed for the position when the high profile designation next becomes free after Jens Stoltenberg completes his four year term. NATO chief was uh, due to be appointed this September, but the process is speculated to have been delayed due to the recent war in Ukraine waged by the Russian Federation. Johnson will be the latest politician pushed for the role after British Defense Secretary Ben Wallace, former UK Prime Minister Theresa
0: May, and David Cameron. Well, it looks looks like the Queen is trying to get somebody (laughs) from Somebody that likes to blow up things. Yeah, That's the first,
1: they probably asked that in the interview process. How much do you like blowing up things?
0: I mean, think about it, they've got three, three former Prime Ministers being pushed as a possible NATO Secretary General. right? And Mr. Wallace is the... He's the current Defense Minister. The Defense Minister. right? So there, there's a lot of pressure there inside. Or let's say there's a lobbying campaign coming from London to have control of, of NATO. Yes. They, they must know something. Mm-hmm. And NATO, that job's gonna be very, very powerful. Uh, our final story. Uh, we're gonna take a look at New York Post report today on Hunter Biden. Uh, thank God for the New York Post. That that newspaper has stayed on this story relentlessly since 2020, and they deserve the credit for their reporting. Uh, so they have this story, Hunter Biden's business partner called Joe Biden the big guy, in a panicked message after the New York Post laptop story in 2020 right so one of uh, hunter biden's
1: former business partners referred to joe biden as the big guy in a panicked message the same day that the post broke news of the infamous laptop from hell left behind by the president's son the post has learned james galar a former british special forces officer with ties to uk intelligence services discussed the Post's exclusive report with an unnamed person on october 14 2020 according to the message provided by a whistleblower to GOP congressional investigators probing the laptop. Now, in the message, Gillard reassured the person that the revelations about Biden's apparent involvement in his son's foreign deals would not be damaging, regardless of the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Gillard was asked if Hunter and or Joe or Joe's campaign would try to make it, oh, we were never involved, and try to basically make us collateral damage. In response, I don't see how that would work for them. Galar responded in the 6:07 uh, p.m. message reviewed by the post. I think in the scenario that he wins, they would just leave, leave sleeping dogs lie. Galar added, if they lose, honestly, I don't think that the big guy really cares about that because he'll be busy too, he'll be too busy focusing on all the other things that he's doing. So we'll hold there for just a moment. This is you know, we have speculated on who the big guy is mm-hmm. and, and, you know, trying to determine that. And there's been, you know, different ideas about uh, who, are, who they're naming at this point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Still, even in these messages, it doesn't seem to make a direct correlation that the big guy is Joe Biden. Now, everybody that, that's
0: assumes, where people, that's it jumps to first. It, everybody it? assumes it's Joe Biden, but my, I think you have to consider the possibility that it's Barack Obama. Right. All right, why? Are you, so you put Joe Biden and Barack Obama in a room, and you have to choose which one is capable of running a global crime syndicate, because that's what this is. It's a criminal gangster operation, Right. shakedowns, all kinds of stuff that's going on. And look at the corrupt deals in Ukraine, dealing with the Chinese Communist Party, um, so which, if you had to choose which guy was capable of organizing it, managing it, keeping it all running secretly, would you choose Barack Obama or Joe Biden? Well, that's an easy one. Barack Obama, of course. Right. So a couple of months ago, when Joe Biden, when, when Barack Obama visited the White House and we saw the video, the, the Biden administration employees in the White House yes. hovering around... Barack Obama fawning over him, drooling, touching him. Right. And Joe was wandering around looking like a lost grandpa. Which one was the big guy?
1: At that event, it was Barack Hussein Obama. So if you start thinking in those terms and continue to read the uh, post story here, it's, some gaps start filling in really quick. Uh, it says, uh, Galar had referenced the big guy as he acted as the driving force behind Hunter and his uncle Jim Biden's planned multi-million dollar deal with Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC. In an email to Hunter, Jim and other partners on May 13th in 2017, Galar outlined an equity breakdown in which 10% of the lucrative CEFC joint venture would be held by Hunter for the big guy, which we have reported on uh, several times in the past. Another former associate of the First Son, U.S. Navy veteran Tony Bobulinski, publicly declared in October 2020 that big guy was a reference to President Biden and alleged that Biden was aware of and involved in the planned CFC deal. Now, that was the reference that uh, Mr. Bobulinski made, but I think there's more to it than this. So Bobulinski, who gave the FBI all his messages and documents related to the Biden family that same month, told the feds he met with Joe Biden on May 2, 2017, in the lobby bar of the Beverly Hilton with Hunter and Jim. He said the purpose of the meeting was to be vetted for a trusted role as CEO of the joint venture with CEFC. At the end of the meeting, Bobulinski said Biden told him, thank you for helping my son. My son and my brother trust you emphatically, so I trust you. What I get from this, Rick, is that even at this point, uh, Mr. Bobulinski didn't have access to all the information. He had no way of knowing truly who the big guy was. He he is making that assumption yes. that it's Joe Biden at this point. Uh, but
0: Joe could be working for the big guy.
1: That's right. So um, Now, Bobolinsky claimed he had a second meeting the following morning with Biden backstage at the Milken Institute Global Conference where the then former... VP was speaking about cancer. Uh, Mr. Biden said to him, keep an eye on my son and brother and, and look out for my family, Biden told him, according to Bobolinsky. Now, uh, two weeks after the meeting, uh, Glar sent Bobulinski an urgent message on the encrypted WhatsApp messaging service on May 20th, 2017, warning him not to mention Biden's involvement in the CEFC deal. Don't mention Joe being involved. Uh, it's only when you are face to face, I know uh, you, uh, I know you know that they are but they are paranoid. Gillard told Bobolinsky in a message. Okay, they should be paranoid about things. Bobolinsky replied. Now once again, it's Bobolinsky who has uh, put that information out there that he surmised that Joe Biden was the big guy. Mm-hmm. But, and he may be, and he very well could be. But he, if he is the big guy, he's the puppet. Mm -hmm. And so because there's no way that Joe Biden, who the man that we see sitting uh, in the White House right now, that has to be led around by the Easter bunny, uh, is coordinating a uh, multi-continent money scheme. There's just no way. That's right. And Hunter Biden's too busy when he's not doing TV interviews or uh, doing cocaine and and everything and buying, uh, you know, unlicensed firearms and leaving them in rental cars. Um, you know there's
0: no way he's coordinating that either I'll I'll throw out another possible clue that would say that it's uh, Barack Obama the uh, the energy company that's a that's a communist Communist Party controlled corporation you have to be a communist to be in that corporation Biden, Hunter Biden, one of his business partners there, was the former uh, intelligence chief. Right. Which in, we've reported on in, in, the past. in China, the top spy for China, another high level communist, okay? Between Joe Biden and Barack Obama, which one of those two characters has a lifetime history of? Association with known communists. Well, in that case, it's Joe Biden. No, it's Barack Obama. Really? With, with Chinese communists? With communists. Well, communists in general. Yes, just sure. did you so run mill? Basically, communist. he was raised communist. as a communist. Frank Marshall Davis. I right. mean, just think of all the people all right, that Barack Obama has been surrounded by since his childhood who were communists. Global communism yes. there. Yes. That's a great observation there. I hadn't considered that. Yeah.
1: I just assumed that we would say, well, it's the Chinese controlling Joe Biden there, but it may be go beyond that. Uh, because, you know, you've it's, got Chinese it, communism, and then you've got global communism. Yes. So the question would be, who is Barack
0: Obama's handlers? Right. That's the question I've asked for many years, and I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. You, you, you have to, well, it comes down to Who's at the top of the, of the food chain here, running this uh, satanic, demonic operation? And uh, Barack Obama he's not that top guy, just like Bill Clinton wasn't, but he was a very effective thug. He, he was efficient He was efficient like Bill Clinton. And the two most efficient guys that, that the regime has had in power in my lifetime have been when I say efficient, efficient for their purposes, okay, right. Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Those two guys got things done, okay, for the globalists. So I, I just, until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to lean that towards the direction that the big guy is Barack Hussein Obama, the guy that nobody's paying attention to, right. because I think he's running the Biden administration. And why do I say that? because every decision coming out of the Biden administration hurts the United States of America. And that's what Barack Obama did for eight years. He was a human wrecking ball. I wanted to ask you a question. And this is just a, a thought.
1: Remember the trip that Joe Biden took to Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. here. Um, there are people speculating that the Saudis gave him COVID out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, that's another issue entirely. but. Someone paid a visit to the White House while um, Mr. Biden was in Saudi Arabia. Gavin Newsom visited the White House while Joe Biden was in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. I didn't know that. That was was unusual. That
0: sparked my thinking on this. Why? Now, they did it while he was out of town. Well, you know, I hadn't thought about, we've speculated who would be who would be become Who would become vice president that's where under I'm Kamala too. Harris, right? If she is promoted to president, and we and I've said you know keep your eye on the vice on the new vice president because that's who is going to move in to that position because they're not going to let Kamala Harris run in twenty four, right? Uh, Gavin Newsom, yes, yeah, he visited yeah. the White House while Joe Biden was
1: out of the country, and yeah, I'm just wondering, are they setting things up? Are they setting up another? you know, a Ford, Rockefeller kind of ticket where we've got uh, maybe Gavin Newsom moves into the role of president, Mm -hmm. because Kamala can't cut it, and he has the opportunity to bring another uh, vice president in, Mm -hmm. maybe a Stacey Abrams or something else scary Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I mean, it's happened in history before. Yes. I mean, you had President Nixon resign, uh, uh, Mr. Ford became president, he names Nelson Rockefeller as VP, uh, you know, uh, so it's, it's you know, and Ford, really and Ford interesting. was
0: president, you know, I mean, vice president because of Agnew got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, run out. Uh, well, so. and do you know who Agnew said took him out? Oh, yes. The Zionists took him out. So Yeah, that's what he said. That's according to Spiro Agnew. I did not know that until a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, he said the Jews were trying to destroy him and he... He reached out to a wealthy Arab businessman, or maybe a political leader, and was trying to get money for his legal defense. Right. I never knew that until a couple of years ago. I came across that article. Um, so um, the, the, the Zionists were involved then in the downfall of Richard Nixon. So, so you have to wonder about the whole Watergate thing. Right. I ask a lot of questions and so and why did they turn against him why did they want him out that's a whole other subject I don't right. know but you brought with this thing about Gavin Newsom this is very is very interesting because uh, Newsom suddenly is on the scene right, right. and he has Chinese connections too Ooh, he definitely has so, so it, are the Chinese done with Joe
1: Biden is that why we're seeing all the negative press now about Hunter and yeah, the possibility they, of prosecution sure are they re- getting ready to alright this is act two now Ladies and gentlemen, Act well, yeah. 3.
0: Yeah, they, they've, and they're done with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she's eight, literally she's 80 a, years so. old. They're done with her. They've gotten everything out of her that they can get, okay? Remember, Kamala Harris is from California also. Right. Um, you, you can't have the vice president and president from the same state. That's true. Hmm. So one of them would have to change residence. Um... But, hey, if, you like, if you'd like to see homeless people everywhere in America, then you want Gavin Newsom to be the president of the United States. Yeah, because he'll be watching it from a fancy restaurant somewhere. Yes, and, like and every says. city would have homeless camps, people sleeping on sidewalks. That's, that's what he's turned California into. Hey, that's it for today. we got to go home. Thank you for watching. Doc and I will be back here tomorrow. God bless Thank you.